to our study of prayer this morning. We're going to be again in Matthew chapter 6. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, we'll be up here behind me. But we're going to continue to look at the direct teaching of Jesus on prayer. Now, it's interesting, I mentioned this last week, that the, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer, whatever it is that you call it, that's, that's really about a personal prayer life. There's no intercessory prayer in there. There's no, it, it is really about a personal prayer life, and we're going to continue to see that today. I, think, I, I find it interesting that while Jesus certainly tells us to pray with others, in fact, he even asks Peter, James, and John to pray with him in the garden, he talks about praying for one another and with one another, but as his direct teaching is almost always about a, a personal prayer life. Because a personal prayer life is critical to your Christian walk. It's critical. It's a must. And so this is where he, he spends his time teaching. And so, again, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. And I'll read that. It is up here behind me. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for, for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask him. So, again, the context here, the larger context is the Sermon on the Mount, which begins in, in, in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, Jesus gathers his disciples, he sits down and, and teaches all of these things, the Beatitudes and, and talk about the poor and, and so forth. And actually, in the immediate context, he's talking about giving, He's talking about uh, practicing your righteousness or doing the right things, doing righteous deeds, and then prayer. And the, and the context is important because they are very similar. He uses them in very similar ways. He talks to them about when you give, and, and don't, don't sound the trumpet, you know? Don't tell everybody what you give. Don't, when you do something right, don't, don't make a show of it. Don't call a parade for everything you do right. And then he, he adds into that prayer. Prayer should not be a show. It shouldn't be uh, a, something that you do to be seen by others. Now he talks specifically about praying in the synagogues and praying on the street corners. And what he's probably got in mind here is the three daily prayers of, the, of, of a devout Jew. They, they prayed at nine, noon, and three every single day. And so if you happen to be out in the public square at noon, then these guys would stand on a street corner and shout their, their noon prayer. Or what are they doing that for? To be seen by other people. That's, that's what Jesus says. They're doing it to be seen by other people. So he's not saying that public prayer is wrong. He's saying that doing it that way is wrong. He's saying that, that what they're doing is they're just showing how good of a Jew they are by, by praying out loud on the street corner at noon or three or nine. Whether it's in the synagogue or the street corner, 
it's, it's out loud, and the point of it is to be seen by other people. And so it, it, it's essentially like blowing the trumpet when you do the right thing or, or, or making sure everybody knows how generously you give. It, it's, these are things that are between you and God, not between you and other people. And so Jesus kind of lumps these together and, and tells us what our prayer life should look like. And, and what he drives to here is the motivation. Because what are these people that are standing on the street corner at noon showing how good of a Jew they are by praying their noon prayer at, at, at the top of their lungs? What are they, what are they doing? They are showing. That, that, that's all. It, it's not about God at all. It's about them. And it's to be seen by other people. Now, I want you to notice that, that Jesus starts this with whenever you pray. See, he assumes a prayer life. In fact, he says the same thing when he talks about giving. He says, whenever you give to the poor. There are some things that coming to Christ will change in you, and these are two of them. These are two things that Jesus now expects from his followers. A prayer life and giving to the poor. At least in this context, that's what he talks about. These are things that you're going to be doing. So, since you're doing these things, he wants you to know how. And because these two things, really, these two things are, the, are core values of Christianity. They're core values of following Christ. A prayer life is critical to your Christian walk. And giving to the poor keeps you mindful of the fact that it's not yours, it's God's. And so this, this idea of praying and of giving and of doing the right things, they should be between you and God. And, and so he assumes a prayer life, he assumes you're going to do right things, and he assumes that you're going to give to the poor. And then he talks about the hypocrites. Don't be like the hypocrites. Now, hypocrite is a pretty strong word. In, in Gre the Greek word that's, that's translated hypocrite is more literally pretender. Pretend, someone who pretends to be something they're not. Pretends to be someone they're not. That's exactly how we understand hypocrites. And I have said before and, uh, that I think we are wired by God, hardwired by God, to, to dislike hypocrisy. Because we, when we see it, it disgusts us. We see it in, our, in politics all the time. We see, it, we see it, unfortunately, in religious leaders. We see it, when we see it, we recognize it immediately. We are made in the image of God. God does not like hypocrisy. So we don't like hypocrisy either. Now, somebody that's living an authentic faith, an authentic person living an authentic faith, that's something we respect. But hypocrites, we, we don't want anything to do with. So Jesus calls them hypocrites, pretenders. These are the people that are for the people uh, that are praying or, or doing righteous deeds or giving for the people, for the show, so that everybody sees it, so that everybody knows how good of a guy they are. And Jesus says they have their reward. God doesn't listen to those kinds of prayers. Now that's a that's a pretty strong statement, isn't it? We don't think about the prayers that God doesn't listen to. But Jesus says they have their reward. 
they are not praying to God. It doesn't have, have anything to do with God at all anymore. It's all about the attention they're getting from others. So in a sense, they're not only praying for people, they're praying to people. And so why would God listen? Why would God want anything to do with a prayer that's just for show? He doesn't. And, and Jesus said they have their reward. The, the attention they got is what they were after, so their prayer was answered. He doesn't need to be involved anymore. That's a, a, that's a powerful thing to think about. And then he says, but when you pray, go to your private room. Now, I love this. I love uh, your, your uh, translation may say closet. Uh, we, we've heard about prayer rooms or prayer closets. This, that word, that Greek word is, is what's used for the storeroom of treasure. Now, so think about that. Prayer is its own treasure, but it is also, prayer also has treasure waiting those who pray. So think about prayer in, in the sense of going to your treasure room and treasuring that time with God. Now, I'll say again, even here, Jesus is not prohibiting public prayer. But public prayer has to be like private prayer. It has to be for the right reason. It has to have the right motivation. It has to be a treasure, not for show, not for whatever attention you can get. Focused on God, not on the attention you can get. God meets us in a personal relationship in prayer. It's personal time with God. And so it's treasure. It's a treasure to us. And, and as I said earlier, treasure awaits those who treasure prayer. So it's, think about prayer as treasure and do it with that kind of heart. The heart has to be engaged. The mind has to be engaged. This kind of prayer is, is where you can literally pour out your heart to God. You can literally tell God everything, everything that's on your mind, and ask him for everything you need for, for today to make it through. This is the kind of prayer that Jesus talks about here. And he, says, and he also says, don't babble. Don't, don't babble like the Gentiles. They imagine they'll be heard for their many words. You know, I think... Uh, again, if you think about this in terms of the, the three Jewish prayers a day, the 9, 12, and 3 o'clock prayer, or even in the, with the, for the Muslims, the five prayers a day, there is a point at which we can, we can just repeat these things, right? We can just mindlessly repeat these things. So I can mindlessly repeat a prayer while I'm thinking about baseball scores or, or thinking about what I'm going to have for dessert tonight. Is that prayer God's going to listen to? Why would he? We're, our heart's not engaged. Our mind's not engaged. We're not actually praying. We are paying lip service to God. We, that's all we're doing. And so, so, so Jesus says, don't babble like the Gentiles. They, they think they're going to be heard for their many words. Do you think a long prayer is better than a short prayer? Do you think you get extra credit? Or maybe do you get extra credit for how many times you can throw in Father God or Lord God in your prayer? Do you think there's extra credit points for those things? No. <laughs> no. What God wants to hear is your heart. He wants to hear your mind and your heart engaged in prayer. 
That's what he wants. That's the prayer that he, he's asking for. That's the prayer that Jesus teaches here, is the prayer that, is, that engages the heart and engages the mind. And then he tells us that, that your Father knows, God knows already what we're going to ask for. So it begs the question, why bother asking? Right? Why bother asking if he already knows? Why can't he just send us stuff like on a subscription kind of thing where it just shows up? I'll tell you why. And it's, it's the most profound reason you can possibly think of. It is because God, the sustainer and creator of everything, wants to spend time with you. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to, to have a conversation with you. He treasures the conversation with you in prayer. This is the greatest evidence in, in the Bible that God actually wants us to pray just because he wants to hang out with us. He already knows what, we're, what we need. He just wants us to come to him. God wants to hang out with you. Isn't that a good enough reason to pray? Isn't that a good enough reason to engage your heart and engage your mind and, and, and talk to the Father who loves you? I think it is. So what God is looking for is authentic prayer. And an authentic prayer isn't lip service. An authentic prayer engages the mind. It engages the heart. And it's an honest conversation with a Father that loves you. Now, I'll say one more time, Jesus does not prohibit public prayer here. But it isn't about the words that are repeated. It isn't about whether it's done in public or private. It's about where, where's your heart when it happens. Where's your heart when you're praying? Where's your heart in your mind? If you're thinking about the baseball scores and, and, and what you're going to have for, for uh, dinner tonight, while you're praying, you're not praying. Engage your mind and your heart in the relationship, the hangout time with the God that loves you. That's prayer. That's what prayer looks like. That's the prayer that Jesus teaches. It's, it's a, a humble prayer because in recognizing who God is, we recognize who we are. We recognize he's the creator and sustainer of everything. I'm not. I get a recognition of who I am. So, I, so coming to God humbly is, is coming to God in, rea in reality. An authentic prayer engages the mind, engages the heart, and, and comes humbly before God for, for everyday needs, for everything you need. He wants that time with you. He wants to hang out with you and have a conversation with you. And if that isn't a good enough reason to have a prayer life, I can't think of, of any other. God wants to hang out with you. And so he desires authentic prayer from you, whether you are in private or public, authentic prayer. I, uh, I pray every week, every week, that God give every one of us an opportunity to show his love to somebody this week. I am repeating words. Is that a no-no? No. It's, that's what my heart wants. I desire that with everything I am, that you have an opportunity to show, your, show God's love to somebody.
So it's not about the words. That's lip service. It's about your heart and your mind engaged in authentic prayer. Again, Jesus teaches here about a personal prayer life. This is where he starts. He starts with, an, uh, uh, with a personal prayer life, not with how to pray for others, not with, with certain prayers we need to pray or certain times we need to pray them. He, he starts out telling us what authentic prayer looks like and tells us that if, if, if it's not authentic, then you have your reward. If you're mindlessly paying lip service to God, then that's your reward. So will you commit to an authentic prayer life, be it private or public, authentic prayer life? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Can you make that commitment before God? Can you just ask him for help? Ask him to help you pray. You know, uh, Paul says in Romans 8, 26, that the, the, the Holy Spirit intercedes when we don't have the right words. Ask for that help. We, we pray and have an authentic prayer life. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for, for the lessons of an authentic prayer life, something that's real, not paying you lip service, not, not repeating stuff, but a real pouring out our heart to you. Keep us mindful of this and empower us, help us. Holy Spirit, help us to pray these kinds of prayers that we might have this time with our loving Father. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.